2: Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details.
3: Strip Search, the Comic Strip Podcast. This is the June 2019 edition. I'm Pete Chianka. And I'm Dave London. And we are here together as always, and uh, at a special... Location. Not, not always
4: together. Sometimes we're separate.
3: Yes, and we don't live together or anything. <laughs> it's nothing like that. We used to. <laughs> yes, in college we did. And we swore that would never happen again. <laughs> but we are in downtown Boston for this, for this episode. Beautiful day in downtown Boston. We are.
4: In the shadows of the TD Garden, which... Uh, We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the yes, episode. Yes, there was,
3: there was an interesting event the other day here, and it was not
4: the flower show. Right. But we are
3: here to talk about comic strips. We do the comic strip yeah, Pet Peeves, which was recently collected
4: into a book. Am I right about that, Dave? Not only was it collected into a book, but we're actually selling the book, too. Not just one book, so there's more than actually one. So. Right, there's as many as you want. Right.
3: You can go on Amazon and order them, or you could go to our website, PetPeevesComic.com, and see our strips, about 400 strips from... 2016 to 2018, and it was very much a learning experience for us putting that together, and it's something we enjoy talking to our
4: guests here about. Turns out you don't want to glue all the pages together in every book. You want to actually have a publisher
3: do that. We just We determine. (laughs) It's a lot harder than it thinks. All that folding. Oh my God. (laughs) And besides that, we also wanted to mention that if people haven't checked out Comic Strip Cartoonist Magazine, that's a magazine that we've been somewhat affiliated with.
4: Very much affiliated with it, and uh, we uh, are very much big fans of comic strip cartoonists. It's Not only do they have the uh, physical print edition, but they also have the uh, electronic version via PDF, and they're incredibly well done, incredibly well produced. Great information on the cartoonists and the cartooning industry, and we highly recommend people check them out.
3: That's right. That's another link you will find on our website, petpeepscomic.com, to find out more about them. But we are not going to waste any more time talking about frivolous things like us when we have a terrific guest waiting in the wings, Mr. Will Henry, the man behind Wallace the Brave, a very popular news strip that uh, you have probably seen in your local paper or online. So, anything else to add before we go to break, Dave? Uh, no, let's go to break and then get back with Will Henry. Excellent. We'll talk to you in a minute. We are back on Strip Search, the comic strip podcast, with our very special guest for the day. I'm Pete Chianka here as always with Dave London. Hey, Pete. Dave, are you enjoying our little foray into I, Boston here?
4: I, I very much am. I very, in fact, uh, we should let the listeners know that we're here at the uh, annual monthly lunch. I guess not annual, but the monthly luncheon of the New England chapter of the National the Cartoon 12 12 System, the, the 12 times annual. The 12 times annual lunch with the New England chapter of the National Cartoonist Society. And so there may be some uh, other cartoonists who are part of the chapter who may uh, just pop in during today's All podcast. right, we'll see.
3: If you're lucky, we might, we might have some special guests. But who we're here to talk to officially <laughs> is Mr. Will Henry, if that is your real name. <laughs> I've heard reports that maybe it isn't. Uh, he is the uh, cartoonist behind Wallace the Brave, which is a fairly recently syndicated cartoon that you may very well have seen in your local paper and it's really building up uh, steam. Welcome, Will Henry.
2: Guys, <laughs> I am pumped to be here. This is awesome. The sun is shining. I'm in Boston. You know, the beers are flowing. It feels good. Yeah. It feels real good.
3: Yeah. No, we're, we're happy to have you. We want to start off by saying congratulations, right? You are the proud recipient of a Reuben Award for newspaper comic strip. Am I right? What what was it like uh, getting that
2: on her? I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was awesome. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't... uh, I mean, I don't cartoon for the awards, but I might have to start doing it because it felt pretty damn good. Um, I told my wife, I was like, uh, you know, I'll talk about this for three days. After three days, I'll stop talking about it. And for three days, I didn't let it go. But now I've kind of, you know... It's on the back burner, but it felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. And the
4: uh, $2 million cash prize didn't hurt, right?
2: <laughs> it hasn't shown up yet. Oh, okay. I, I go to the mailbox every day, but uh, always disappointment. <laughs> so it's been so it's been an interesting couple of years. You really went
3: from doing this, you know, on, online, I guess it was on Go Comics for a while, right? Yep, yep. Um, which is an online-only, sort of the, the bridge in between doing it yourself and getting syndicated. And then it, you became a, a syndicated cartoonist. So maybe talk a little bit about... And what that felt like to finally find out, okay, this is it.
2: Sure, sure. Uh, so I, I had a, a comic strip on Go Comics before called uh, Ordinary Bill under my uh, real name, Will Wilson. But, you know, it was, it was a little adult. There was a lot of beer drinking, a lot of drug use, a lot of womanizing. And uh, Wallace the Brave oh. is not that. It's definitely like, uh, it's for kids. So I wanted to separate the two comics, which is why I changed the, uh, the pen name or, you know, went under the pen name Will Henry. When I submitted to the syndicates, um, I wanted to make sure they were also just looking at it on merit and not, you know, we have a prior relationship, which is another reason why I went into the pen name. And from the beginning, I, I wanted to make sure that it was going to be in print syndication because I just didn't feel like doing the online thing. So even when it was online at Go Comics, you know, it was building towards the eventual launch, mm-hmm. which happened about a year ago in March. So that's kind of how it worked. You know I, You know, I worked with the team over there to develop it. And, um, you know, once we felt it was solid enough, they, they started t- talking about, like, a launch date. And that's that's kind of how the process went, you know, just, just working behind the curtain, putting it out to the audience. And I think what they do is they, uh, you know, they release it online to kind of help build ammunition when they try to sell it to newspapers. You, right. know, you know, it does this well online, or, you know, we have this book which does well. This is why you should buy it. So that was the process of you know, getting it out there. Now, how many days a week online was it running? It was running... It was running three days a week online, but I was writing it daily. So, uh, you know, in the development contract with AMU, Andrews McNeil, um, you know, I I was still didn't secure the deal. I was writing it, but didn't secure the deal. So I wanted to make sure that they knew I had the chops to do it. They only requested, I think 15 roughs a month, but I was making sure to give them, you know, a a month's worth every month. Just so they knew that I could keep up and, yeah, I didn't want to be ignored. I guess it was was the uh, the goal.
3: And I don't think people necessarily realize how much, you know, there there was a process of development. I think people think you draw the strip, you send it in, they say this is great, and it's in the papers the next day, boom, with, with, no, with no changes <laughs> and no no input. But it's really the opposite of
2: that, right? It's the opposite. Yeah, I think I think I was in development for about three years, but the whole process from submitting the uh, I don't know, submission. Was, was probably a four year uh, endeavor. And I, at the time it was, I don't want to say frustrating, but it definitely felt like you were, you know, spinning the gears, not getting anywhere. But now that I launched in syndication, I can see all that hard work I did behind the curtain is, is paying off. You know, I have a lot of back stock. The characters are way more developed than they would have been two years ago. So uh, you know, thank you to the company for making me you know pace myself.
3: <laughs> making you honest. Making me honest. Yeah, Basically, yeah. No, no, flagging on. And just to talk a little bit just about this trip, about Wallace. So I mean, is it an autobiographical strip about your childhood? You know, is it? You know, is that where or the the germ of it is coming from?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Rhode Island, where the beach was the focus. Very small, you know, summer town. And it was one of those things where you knew everybody, and the kids could just run out in the streets and do whatever they wanted, and you had to be home by dark. And I wanted to capture a little bit of that. I feel like that could—I feel like the world needs a little bit more of that. Um, you know, I always feel like kids deserve more freedom, especially in today's world where everybody's a little more connected. So I—I I, I, I draw on that. You know, I draw on that. Yeah. I'm not going to say the characters are like specifically based on me, but the overall feel I like to think is my upbringing. Yeah, I mean that really
3: always strikes me when I'm reading it, that these are like free range kids that you don't see anymore <laughs> in the world. Yeah, you know, where everybody's so structured and you have you know your karate at eight yeah. and your you know this at seven and uh, these are kids just out there having fun like we used to do. Yep. But that my kids didn't really and that <laughs> I, that's I think one of the appeals of it. Yeah. It's almost as a throwback feeling. I,
2: to it that I remember my uh, you know my father was never a big never enjoyed baseball. He was never a big baseball guy. And I always wondered, like, why don't you like baseball, Dad? And now I realize that it's because, you know, he would have had to go to the games in the summer. And he just <laughs> didn't want to do that. So he just wanted to hang out at the beach with his kids. And, I, you know, as an adult with kids, I get that. I wouldn't want to go to baseball games in the summer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I go to a lot of youth baseball games. I feel like the, the last, you know, basically ten years, I've spent most of my
4: time and I enjoy it, Yeah, but that, there that. is, yes. Because my son is great. It's all the other
3: kids
2: you don't want to watch. I bet the parents do. <laughs> <laughs>
4: on the sports talk topic, just to break away, I just have to say we're sitting almost across the street from uh, Boston Garden or TD Garden. And, and Will, you're a hockey fan. Do you have any uh, thoughts oh. on what happened? So for, the, for those
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, you uh, listening, when
4: we're we, we happen to be taping yep. the day after Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals when the Bruins... Uh, didn't quite get there last night. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the
2: game? I mean, it was a trip. Let's all be honest. That was He was tripped in Game 4. All right. Uh, I think the Bruins are going to take it in 7. I think it's going to be a great series. They'll probably win it at home, but uh, it's going to be hard fought. And I think at the beginning of the series, I thought the Bruins kind of had it locked down after that 7-2 to two win. Um I mean, maybe I'll have to take another trip to Boston to celebrate. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm a big Bruins fan, and I, and I hope they pull it off. It's good to see Chara back on the ice. Yeah. Optimism. Optim- yeah. Here's to optimism. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> if they lose, we'll cut that part out so you don't
2: that. <laughs> We'll just
4: We'll record where you say that St. Louis won. St.
2: Louis and 7. We'll just, in seven. No. <laughs> we'll just that All um, right. To
3: talk a little bit about the art and be able to get it So, yeah, better.
4: so we, I usually ask about technique. Can you talk about your technique? We typically ask people if they're old school or if they do electronic or a combination. Tell us about your process of drawing and submitting it to the syndicates. Sure.
2: Uh, I, I do everything old school, um, all my own lettering, all my own inking. It's on the Bristol board. Uh, I think it's like 14 by 5. I think is a dimension or close to that. And the way it works is I'll, I'll pencil out the comic on my Bristol board, I'll scan it, I'll send it to my editor, Sheena Wolf, who is just a brilliant woman, and she'll, uh, you know, break me down and then build me up again, you know, a compliment sandwich. And uh, I work so far in advance that I'll, I'll put that comic aside for a year before I ink it. So, you know, when the time comes up where I have to ink it, I'll, I'll break it out, I'll get my Ames lettering guide, I use my lettering uh, pen, but I use a a, a fab is it Faber Castile or Faber How do you say it?
4: Faber Castell, I think is yeah. how I've always called it. Uh, I, I hope <laughs> that's right. If that company wants to, that's
2: right. Sponsorships are available. You can't hear it over the side. Right, right. 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 So it how you it. But yeah, I'll, I'll use the, um, you know, I'll use those pens and I'll and I'll ink it and then I'll uh, scan it in Photoshop and I'll usually color it in Photoshop. I wish I could watercolor it, but my scanner doesn't pick up the watercolors uh, the way I'd like it to. I know uh, Georgia Dunn, who does Breaking Cat News. I think she watercolors her Sundays, and they look fantastic. Uh, I, I wish I could do that, but I, I color it digitally. I, I enjoy it, and um, that's pretty much the process. You know, you, you you send it out, you get critique, you fix it. You I mean, get,
3: the, the art in general. I mean, I think it is a <laughs> cut above your typical daily comic strip. I mean, you're clearly putting, you know, and it reminds me of of Waterfront in in many ways because of these, you know, so much of the landscapes and just the settings where the characters are are, clearly a lot of thought has gone into what that's going to look like and you you get a real sense of it. Are you, you know, are you self-taught? Is this Where did that come
2: from? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I went to art school. I went to UConn and studied sculpture and, you know, in that process you take all, like, the gen eds, you know, drawing one, drawing two, a couple of illustration courses, uh, but I've been doing cartoons. So when I was in college, I actually uh, had a comic strip. I think it was called Anywhere Land with um, MCT Campus. Does that ring a bell? It was kind of like a like a, like a syndicate that, you know, didn't pay anything. <laughs> but it distributed to college newspapers. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and that was cool. Um, but that's kind of where I, I got my start. You know, writing from, from you know, for the Daily Campus at UConn. And uh, just ever since then, you know, I've had a plethora Go oh, Huskies you know what I would love to say that but I can't you know I'd love to say that I, I don't know I it's UConn but I call it the Big Con <laughs> if you catch my drift I mean I had a great time there uh, the people I met was the best experiences not the classes um, but I, I just been doing it I mean I'm, I'm 34 and I've been doing it for like 15 years so I've been doing it for almost half my life uh, and the ambition was always to have a syndicated comic strip as archaic as that is but you know, I just
4: when okay. I draw. That's how Stadler and Waldorf in the I corner.
2: You know what I mean, <laughs> Mr. Gatehouse. <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, I, I, I just want people. When when I draw the comic, I want people to to see that I I really enjoy drawing it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love drawing it, and I and I hope that like penetrates the day to day process of making the comic. I really enjoy Love. I, I love it. I love it. I just want to jump back in about the
4: coloring. So I, I, I believe that it used to be that the yeah. uh, strips were done in black and white by the artist, but a syndicate would typically assign somebody to color back in the old yeah. days. So, so now you're actually doing your daily strips. Are you coloring all the dailies in yourself or just the Sunday? or?
2: I am. And I, I know back in the day, um, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, artists would just do the Sundays. They would color the Sundays with watercolor. And they would send it off to the syndicate. And actually the syndicate would like plug in the proper newspaper inks for what they were given. Uh, but you know, technology has advanced, and honestly, I I couldn't see a world where I didn't color my own comics. I just don't feel comfortable with someone else uh you know coloring it, having input. And, you know, ask me in ten years that might change, but right now I, I enjoy coloring. It's very relaxing for me. You know, you can um when you're doing uh traditional ink on paper Bristol board you know the decisions you make artistically are kind of set in stone you know you get one chance at it it's not like if you're drawing uh digitally you know if you don't like the line you can redo it redo it control alt delete um, that's why i like coloring you can you can plug and you can play a little bit and um not really be committed until you send it off if that makes sense you know there's a little more freedom to play around with it and, and i I don't know. I, I love coloring. I think it's one of the stronger points of my comic strip and maybe my my style. Do you color after you do an individual day or do you do a batch of dailies and then color all at once? I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm yeah. still trying to figure that out. Uh, I usually do a week at a time, you know, seven comics, inked, uh, colored, send out. But this month I'm trying to do all 30 inked and then sit behind the computer, you know, do my old and then, you know... <laughs>
1: color
3: It's
2: it. <laughs> it. just audio. Maybe. Yeah, I know.
0: That's the <laughs> point, Mark. <laughs> he made the sign of the cross. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. The, that's
3: ro- the rosary. <laughs> and, and when you're sitting down to write, so, you know, who do you consider your target audience? Are you writing for kids and hope, hope grown-ups get it or vice versa, or is it just you're just trying to be universal?
2: I. I'm trying to be universal. I think that uh, Pixar's sweet spot is where you want to be. You know, yep. where kids get it, but there might be some, uh, you know, jokes for adults. Um, when I was doing my past comic strip, Ordinary Bill, like I said, it was very adult. And I would print these anthologies myself, and I would go to comic cons and sell them. And, you know, kids would line up to buy it because it was a cartoon. And I'd have to say, like, eh, you know, to the parents... You might want to rip out page forty-seven, and you might not want to let them read page like fifty. But other than that, you're you're okay. So I, I I wanted to go in on something that is you know could be universally appreciated, but might be clever enough where like it doesn't get boring for the parents, if that makes sense, because they're the ones buying the comic. That, that was the goal. I, I wanted it to be. I didn't want to have any like um, I, I don't know like caution caution tape around certain pages. <laughs> right. I wanted to be universally liked. No. Or you know universally you know appropriate.
3: Yeah. No, and the parents are, are great characters in and of themselves. They're not just the Charlie Brown wah-wah. Yeah.
2: You you get a sense of who they are in addition to the to the kids, even
0: though they yeah, show in the background.
2: I had, yeah, you know, I have a great relationship with my parents, and they are uh, they're great people, and they believe. Despite the baseball thing. Despite the baseball <laughs> thing, you know, my my dad might not like baseball, but he's big, you know, he's a big uh, football <laughs> soccer fan, and uh, you know, I wanted I wanted that relationship I mean I, I might you could correct me but there aren't a lot of comic strips out there that I feel like they demonstrated the relationship I had with my parents as a child where you know it was a little more free and there was never a lot of you know yelling or anger or you know they were very roll with the punches they had three kids they were in over their head but they just dealt with it I wanted a little bit of that we had a great relationship and, and that was something I wanted to touch upon in this comic strip
3: and your dad now
2: I am a dad. So
3: where does that fit into the whole picture?
2: (laughs) So the weird thing is, uh, through my years of doing comic strips, whenever I had like, you know, I've done a couple comics that had kid characters, and at the time I was young enough where I still related to the kid character. And now with this comic, I'm thinking, I'm kind of like the dad in this, you know? (laughs) I'm not really like the kid, I'm kind of like the dad. Which is a freaky experience because for, you know... I don't know 15 years of my life I related to the kid but now I, I kind of see myself oh, my in the dad role. Yeah. Yeah, you know I got the uh, you know the Converse kickers with the high socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love drilling. At
3: some point you just got to embrace it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, it, it's it's I don't know I don't want to say it was yeah it might have been humbling to you know realize you're getting a little <laughs> bit older but that's that's where I see myself I'm in the dad role now
3: yeah. I mean and if you could I mean if you could do that but still remember what it was like to be a kid you, you're sort of getting the best of both worlds there the know? sweet spot yeah right you doubled your audience at <laughs> that point
4: um, how about your influences which cartoonists did you grow up uh, reading that were influencing you and currently which strips or panels today do you, do you like to read?
2: I mean, Off the Mark is the best single panel comic strip. See, see, how I do that so, see how I do that
4: softball in on that one? There,
1: there, there.
2: If you didn't know, Mark Parisi is with us right now, you know. you know. i already three quarters done with this beer I'm only on half. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. I, I'm sure as you guys do, you go through stages of people that you admire and that you read Uh, when I was very young, I mean, Garfield was, Garfield was uh, the, you know what, it was awesome. I love Garfield, I, I, you know, I was drawing those comics in second grade. As I got a little bit older, I got into like, uh, R. Crumb, like I was, like, talking about. Um, R. Crumb was great when I was in college, I thought that was really edgy. I tried to replicate that and came up short. Uh, but overall, I mean, Crazy Cat is great, Calvin and Hobbes, I mean, Gary Larson with Far Side. Uh, Richard Thompson with uh, Cul-de-sac is one of my new favorites. I love those guys, Um, but in a a, a more real sense, people that I can relate more to, Uh, if you guys ever read Dunce, Mm -hmm. Dunce is great out of um, Norway, that's one of my favorites, and as is uh, Spirit of the Staircase by Matt Foltz-Grey, he's fantastic, but you know, I look to those guys a lot for inspiration and even advice, They're, they're good guys, and very talented.
3: What do you have coming up? You know, we got, we got books coming, calendars, t-shirts, <laughs> mugs. What's a, what's in a the future uh, for, for I, Wallace? I actually
2: have a, um, I have another Wallace collection coming out in September, called Snug Harbor Stories. I'm really excited about it. It's got a cool like fold-out poster in the back. Um, G-rated though. G-rated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not a centerfold. Not, yeah. Not the. Uh, it's in the back. <laughs> not the Snug Harbor Stories I'm used to, but you know, the ones for kids. Uh, I'm really excited about that because the first book did well, and it was cool to have. It's cool to have a book that has your name on it through a publisher. That was a you know cathartic experience. But um, I'm also working on a uh, Schwabs comic book, which is so Schwabs is.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to not... Yeah. it's, it's <laughs> We're at the edge <laughs> of our seats here. I Oops. know it's definitely
2: the stoner comic where you come up with at the bar like we're gonna do that. So. Uh, Wallace, the character in my comic strip, he reads this comic called Schwaps, which is this like half sea creature, half human hybrid, who's like a epic surfer, and that's like the hero of Wallace the Brave, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I actually like made a comic book with that character, and had some like cross thing going on, so I'm, I'm in the middle of working on that, it's a bit of a pipe dream at the moment, but uh, it's nice because, as you guys know, the comic strip format, it, it's small. And this kind of gets me out of my comfort zone a little bit to do some big like graphic novel-sized pages. That and, uh, oh, that's, that's fantastic, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, That's very meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, hey, have you
4: ever heard of Michael Shaban the author? He did The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I have, yeah. So one of the uh, things he did was... So in Cavalier and Clay, they have... Um, you know, It's about artists who yeah. draw a And he actually did a graphic novel of the...
1: Right, no of the, kidding of the, yeah, of the characters Of the, the, yeah, the, comic,
4: of the that comic the, that the characters, that,
2: characters In the book Oh that they were writing and drew, yeah. yeah No so kidding So that sort of Reminds me of so oh, Yeah, a little bit, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I read that book But you know It must have penetrated deep.
4: It, Yeah I forget the name Of the, uh, the character That they created In the book But yeah. uh, the graphic yeah. novel Is of that
2: right
3: awesome well we will definitely look after those and when they come out we will be yeah. talking about it on strip
2: search yeah. so people know and 2035 i should be finished with it <laughs> That's good. we're still going to be doing it
3: we'll, we'll, we'll be, be back here meeting you for beers probably we'll have adjoining rooms of the assisted living right <laughs> when right. we do our podcast that we will mention <laughs> that you finally got your schwaps done um, well well thank you so much for being here we're going to take a, a quick break and come back with a, a special surprise addendum, right, Dave? An addendum. To this, uh, to this month's podcast. Stay tuned. All right, we are back on Strip Search, the comic strip podcast. And as promised, usually it just ends right here. Right, it's like a cliff. Yes, (laughs) but we are going to
4: continue this month's podcast with some very special guests. Dave, why don't you set it up a little bit? Sure. So, as I said, the uh, New England chapter of the National Cartoonist Society has a monthly lunch, and we meet at a restaurant in uh, downtown Boston. And here we are in the shadows of the garden. And so, two of our uh, two of our key members, who are uh, prior podcast guests, fan favorites, Steve McGinn and Mark Parisi, are here, and they've joined us at the table. As we've done the podcast with Will, and so we would just like to say hi again and see what's going on and what's new with Stephen Mark.
3: Yeah, what's hi guys. Sure. Hey, welcome, welcome yeah.
1: to the happy to sit here getting sunburned. No, you right. you're looking <laughs> a little red there, Mark. <laughs> I'm feeling it. So Steve bought yeah. a hat. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to be out here in the
4: sun. Is <laughs> that the
2: logger or the sun? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Would exactly? So,
4: Steve, what's, what's, what's uh, new and fresh with you in the world of gag cartoons?
0: Um, the coolest thing that's probably happened is I'm going to be in a uh, Princeton Architectural Press book, fingers crossed, uh, that's edited by Bob Eckstein with a lot of really cool New Yorker cartoonists. It's due out on October 22nd. Just one single panel, or, but uh, I look forward to that. I can't say for certain it's going to happen, but it should. And uh, the other thing that's happened is pretty cool. Is I, I've been published in a um, internet magazine called Weekly Humorist that comes out of comes out of uh, New York City. So I've never done anything that's come out of New York City before. I, I have attempted to be in the New Yorker, like any most single panel people. Actually, the last time I went down there, they held three cartoons. I was like completely about to have a heart attack. So they didn't get put in. I never heard anything about them again. Which means you didn't get. As Kay and Wilson said, they don't call you to say you've been rejected. So, but I sat in front of the editor, Emma Allen, and she held three of them. And I just, I was like, what? What does that mean they hold them? Usually they just kind of like shuffle them around and tell you stuff and then hand them back to you and say, thanks. But this time she shuffled them, talked about them and then said, well, we're going to hold these three. And I was like, excuse me? Which means they go to the next level. Oh,
3: I should have made copies of those. Right.
0: I thought I thought they went in a, in a pile of like 30, 40 directly to the editor, David Remnick, who's the top dog there. But I was told they went in a pile of like 70 that then gets whittled down to 30 or 40 that then goes in front of David Remnick. So I probably made the se- I know I made the 70, which, you know. It's like the difference between zero and one. You know, I have one Super Bowl <laughs> ring or I have no Super Bowl rings. You know? Anyway, that was a big deal. This book coming up, Every, you know, if everything works out, it'll be huge for me because it's all great people. It's like uh, Mick Stevens and Ross Chast and uh, Bob Eckstein and um, um, Mick Stevens. All, if you're a New Yorker fan, these are all your... Steve hasn't been drinking, oh, folks. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So, anyway, I'm knocking wood every time I think that's going to happen. And the Weekly Humorous thing has been really cool, too. There's a lot of great people in that. Ellis Rosen and uh, um, Ivan Ellers and um, uh, just a lot of great people. So, anyway, uh, a little bit's been going on. Slowly... You know, we uh, we work at it. Anyway, Mark, over to you.
1: Oh, is that Steve. your that job fantastic. to pass it over to me? I thought that was there.
4: Yes. Was right. Well, we're drunk. Yes. So no, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Allegedly. All right.
3: Yeah, what's going on in the yeah. world of, of Marty Pants? We're on book uh, 17 now,
1: I think. Ah, uh, 17, yeah. No, I've just been sitting here listening to um, tales of Wallace and Gromit. Is that right?
2: That, that's, that's right. You like all my fans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got back from Huntington Beach where the NCS had their ceremony, and I watched uh, Will accept an award, and I watched someone else accept the award that I was nominated for. <laughs> you got it last year. So <laughs> true, true. It was never enough. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, off the mark is uh, going well, and I'm still doing the Marty Pants talks, which is which is really fun. I love. There's something about standing in front of an audience and getting direct response and laughs that I never thought I would have the courage to do but once you do it and you get that response it's amazing how fast your ego and courage (laughs) builds and you start enjoying it and needing it
3: yeah yeah you don't get that sitting at the drawing
1: board no you sit there maybe you look on social media and see like 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 and then someone insults you and then like so
4: you'll get the stand-up
1: bug now you'll be opening for Jim Gaffigan at some point Yeah. yeah well He's funny. He is funny. He is funny. I don't know. I don't have enough kids. I have one kid. I don't know if I have enough material to stand up.
3: Well, thank you guys for, for joining us and uh, joining in to our... Uh, first, this is the most guest we've ever had on, a, on one podcast, isn't
4: it? I think so. Well, other a, than the live events. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it's a tie. Okay, <laughs> All right. yeah. this is clearly the finest group of
0: guests. <laughs> I was gonna say that? Without
3: fun, without a doubt. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, as always, to Strip Search, the Comic Strip Podcast. And make sure to tune back in next month when uh, we, we are going to have guests that aren't nearly as exciting as the ones we have now. We actually haven't lined, anyone lined up. up yet. <laughs> we haven't lined anyone up yet. So if you're listening right. and you're a cartoonist, you're uh, make sure to get in touch. Visit us on our Facebook page or email us at petpeevscomic.com. And uh, thank you for tuning in. See you soon.
4: Bye-bye.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.